Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of Bing Crosby. Today, our guest is Judy Garland. Judy Garland, I've spoken before, was on about 150, over 150 radio appearances that she's met, that she made over her career, and that's a tremendous amount for um, someone that's not that doesn't specialize in radio, someone that, that they're just doing guest appearances and don't have a regular show. Uh, what I want to talk about today with Judy Garland and radio in general, uh, because I think she's such a unique performer and has a unique niche that is epitomizes what I want to talk about, is she's a performer that was on movies of course, and did a great job in a lot of films. And I think a lot of her films endeared her to the public. But I think what really cemented her being like America's sweetheart, I think were these guest appearances that she did on all of the great radio shows. And she does such a brilliant job I don't know of anyone else who does, who captures youth and vitality and fun and brings it all across. And she's, I want to say, she's either very, very good with reading a script or she's very good at ad-libbing. But I think in reality, she was probably very good at both. And you can hear it in, in her guest appearances with... Edgar Bergen, you could hear it in, with you know, on the Bob Hope show. You could hear it on the Bing Crosby show. On all these shows she did, it just comes across so well. And radio and film were such a good marriage between the two because you had film that was their breadwinner for a lot of these folks. And was that what they loved to do? But radio had an immediacy that film didn't have, and radio allowed them to get out there week after week to kind of touch base with the public. And it's still because you just heard their voice. It still left a mystery. It still didn't overexpose them the stars of the time. And that's what made it so great. They could, they could, like Judy Garland, be all over the radio dial and in movies and still not feel like there's too much of her. Whereas in television, if you're on a weekly television show, um, and I don't, I, I, I don't know if this is true, I mean, it's a fact, but whether, you know, the chicken comes before the egg or the egg comes before the chicken, basically, if you had a, a television show, you didn't do movies, or at least not many movies. And if you did movies, you didn't really do, te- you didn't have a television show. It just, it wasn't, whereas on radio, you could do both. And I think a, a piece of this is just, one, it's logistics, just with the fact that you're so busy throughout the year doing your television show that you wouldn't have time to do movies so much. 
But also I think that, that certainly the producers, directors, everyone was aware that the public sees you every week for free, and are they going to pay to see you as well? So there was a whole different dynamic to television that there wasn't to radio that could burn an artist out faster. And a lot was being made of this in early television, a lot of articles being written about this. Jack Benny himself wrote quite a few articles on the uh, wariness he had into going into television and whether it would burn out the audience on him because he'd managed to stay popular for you know over 20 years in radio and motion pictures, but he was afraid he might burn out after, you know, two years or five years on television. Now, it turned out he had 15 years, but a piece of that was how he started out with just a few shows a year and slowly built up in over 10 years. It took him 10 years to have full seasons worth of episodes. Before that, he at most had a half season, so like 16 episodes. So the public wouldn't burn out on him as fast. Anyway, I just think it's interesting to see how television, radio, movies all tie in together. And I think, um, in some ways, uh, the entertainment industry was shooting itself in the foot when they developed television. I think they probably had a better system going with just radio and movies because it made people want to come to the movies to see the stars and want to listen to them on the radio. Um, I just think there's a better synergy there than there is between television and movies. But we'll talk more about that later. Enjoy Judy Garland and one of her brilliant, brilliant performances, as always, on the Bob Hope Show. Oh, on the Bing Crosby Show, sorry. <laughs> For you, proof of mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste. Chesterfield, Chesterfield always takes first place. That milder, mild tobacco never leaves an aftertaste. Oh, open a pack and give them a smell. Then you'll smoke them. Someone waits for me. This is Scott Carpenter welcoming you to the Bing Crosby Show for Chesterfield, produced and transcribed in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, Judd Collins of the Bears, and Bing's guest, Miss Judy Garland. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this being our first broadcast in February, we bring you a leftover from Bing Crosby Month, Bing Crosby. Well, it was really a great month, Oh, Ken. it certainly was. Mm -hmm. All those Mr. Music banners and those Bing Crosby anniversary billboards all over town. Mm -hmm. Now I have to go all over town and take them down. <laughs> well, that's only fair. You put them up. Now, yeah, now. <laughs> What's the next big stunt you're going to pull off, Bing? I don't want this to get out, Ken. I, I wouldn't want it kicked around, but I'm seriously thinking of greasing up and have someone tow me across the English Channel next spring. <laughs> A novel idea, but uh, why don't you swim across? Oh, what's that? Everybody does that. 
Besides, if I can get Guy Lombardo to tell me, I may break a record. <laughs> now, Ken, I think we better usher in our guest, don't you think? I'm sure everybody's waiting for her, folks. Miss Judy Garland. Much. Hi, Ken. Hi, Judy. Hiya, Mr. Music. Judy, Mr. Music business is all over now. Oh. Yeah. Well, then I wish you'd come out to my house and take down that banner you put on my roof. <laughs> What's your rush, Judy? I've sold that space to Dr. Scholl's corn pads. <laughs> well, as long as it's for a good cause, okay? <laughs> Say, let's take a whack at this opening number, shall we? Is that for a good cause? Well, it is if you want to get home to dinner tonight. <laughs> Ready, John? I like my eggs over easy and my coffee black I like my steak rare and juicy or my money back I like my tea poured directly from a samovar But I like you just the way you are I like my juice when I wake and or I'm so upset I'm quite a fuss budget for my favorite cigarette And I go mad when a picture's crooked on the wall But I like you anyway at all Friends know about my idiosyncrasies, peculiarities They grin and bear them I'm telling you all this confidentially Because eventually you'll have to share them I like the seams in my stockings to be smooth and straight I like my meat and potatoes on a separate plate About a million and one things I'm particular But I like you just the way you are I like my sheets and my covers to be tucked in tight I like your kid brother when you keep him out of sight I like my champagne especially with caviar But I like you just the way you are I like to peek at the ending when I start a book I like a boy not afraid to eat the things I cook I like a girl who is punctual when I come to call But I like you anyway at all Friends know about my idiosyncrasies peculiarities they grin and bear them I'm telling you all this confidentially Because eventually we'll, we'll have, have to share them I like your name and address to coincide with mine And I am quick to confess that I would like it fine About, About a million and one things I'm particular But I like you Just the way you are Sprightly, Bing and Judy. It's a new thing. It's of considerable promise, it seems to me. Thank you, Ken. But what say we make a pitch here for my cigarette and yours, the mild one, Chesterfield? Friends for you, proof of mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste. Yes, that's what Chesterfield has for you. And here's the authority that proves Chesterfields are milder. Over a thousand prominent tobacco growers have signed the statement saying, to judge tobacco for its mild smoking qualities, I smell it. If it smells milder, I know it'll smoke milder. That's the standard mildness test. If that tobacco is made into cigarettes, those cigarettes will smell milder and smoke milder. That's why I smoke Chesterfields. And Chesterfields are made of the right combination of the world's best tobaccos. And you know the way Chesterfield blends those tobaccos, their secret process, means that every Chesterfield will have the right combination of mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste. Yeah, Chesterfields are proved to have no unpleasant aftertaste. We've got the authority for that, too. 
It's the country's first and only cigarette taste panel who reported Chesterfield is the only cigarette in which members of the panel found no unpleasant aftertaste. There you have the straight facts. That's what Chesterfield has for you, mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste. So get yourself a pack of Chesterfields today. They satisfy. You and your beautiful eyes That tell such beautiful lies When you start that hocus-pocus boy, Things get out of focus You and the way that you kiss They'd ought to give you a prize Baby, you could make a statue come to life just looking at you. You and your beautiful, gee, but they're beautiful. You and your beautiful give you a prize Maybe you could make a statue come to life just looking at you You and your beautiful Gee, but they're beautiful You and your beautiful Thing. Well, the arrangement's by Stan Kenton out of Dizzy Gillespie. <laughs> but, you know, it, it has a kind of an old-fashioned feeling to it, hasn't it? Well, yes, I think it has the lyrics. A song like that, you know, could have been popular, really, during the gay 90s. All those were the days. Believe me, Judy, the gay 90s. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll have to take your word for it. I wasn't around then. <laughs> well, actually, I wasn't either, but well. Hope has told me much about the gay, old-fashioned days. <laughs> Of his boyhood. He tells me in those days things were nicer. A young man would, would pedal up to a girl's house on his bicycle. He'd tie his bulldog to the front gate, quickly wax his mustache, press the doorbell with his cane, and he'd be ushered into the parlor where he'd spend a polite evening watching stereoptican slides with his girl. Uh, well, kids can still watch him. They're running him on television now. <laughs> well, I mean, though, Judy, is that in those days, girls were treated differently. They were treated as the fragile, delicate things that they really are. Why don't you throw away your copy of Little Women and get with it? Well, I really have been reading the Bronte sisters. <laughs> well, we've come a long way since the time when a young man wheeled up to a girl's house on his bike. These days, a young fellow, he doesn't even call up to make a date. He just roars up to a girl's house in his hot rod, leaps up in the front porch, kicks open the front door, gives the girl a quick smack, heads for the refrigerator, grabs himself a sandwich and a Coke, stomps into the living room, plops himself right in front of the television set and says... Better come get me, baby, while the lights is out. <laughs> I take it that you deplore the behavior of present-day teenagers, hmm? Mm, no, Judy, but I wish they'd slow down a little. I'll tell you what we ought to do, Judy. Why don't we do a few little scenes with music to show the kids listening what courtship was like in the old days? Oh, where, where we begin? Well, in the late 1890s. I'm a young man... I've just dropped by your house. Right. 
Good evening, Miss Garland. Why, Mr. Crosby. Miss Garland, I just dropped by to ask you to do me a favor. What is it? I wonder if you'd ask your mother to ask your father. It would be all right for me to ask my mother to ask my father if I could call on you tomorrow night. Uh, would you care to come into the parlor, Mr. Crosby? Well, if it's all right with your folks. Oh, Mr. Crosby, you're such a gentleman. I hope you approve. Of course. A lady appreciates the man who's shy. You're not like that fresh Barney Dean. Now, if, if Barney were here, he'd try to hug me and hold me tight, and Barney would kiss me and send chills up and down my spine, all the butterflies in my stomach, and leave me tingling, and... Oh. Miss Garland. Yes, Barney. I... <laughs> Barney Dean is a ne'er-do-well. He did all right that night. <laughs> Why, Miss Garland, in all the years I've known you and we've practically grown up together, I've never heard you talk like this. Well, I guess it, it's because I'm a girl. And you know, Mr. Crosby, girls grow up faster than boys. They do? Mm-hmm. Mm, you'd think it would take longer with all those detours. <laughs> Why, uh, Mr. Crosby, I, I didn't think you even noticed detours. Well, I've been planning to sort of get to know you a little better. Miss Garland, would you mind being called by your first name? I wouldn't even mind being called by your last name. Oh, that's silly. I could never get used to calling you Mr. Crosby. It's <laughs> a Gracie Allen line, isn't it? May I call you Judy? Well, of course, Mr. Crosby. I mean, Harry. Harry, oh, that's a pretty name. That's my name. Oh, Harry. Yes, Judy. Did you notice that I just turned out the lamp? Of course I did. Well, what are you going to do? I'm going home. I can take a hint. <laughs> but I, I don't want you to go home, Harry. <laughs> Judy, for a long time, there's been something I've wanted to ask you. What is it? Well, I've had... I have a bicycle built for two, and there's only one rider, and... Well, there's a there's an empty seat, and well, what, what, what is it, Harry? Well, Judy, I'd like to offer you my seat in marriage. I mean, my hand. <laughs> what I mean is, well, I just can't say it, but just as soon as I leave here, I'm going to call you on the telephone. What are you going to say? Oh, hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. Send me your kiss by wire. Baby, my heart's on fire If you refuse me, honey, you lose me Then you'll be left alone Oh, baby, telephone And tell me I'm your own Hello! Hello! Hello there! Hello, my baby This is your honey This is your ragtime gal Sending a kiss by a wire Oh, well, baby, my heart's on fire I won't refuse you Don't want to lose you Then I'd be left alone Oh, baby, telephone And tell me I'm your own There you are, Judy. In those days, boys were so bashful, they even proposed to their girls by telephone. Oh, well, we girls didn't mind as long as we hooked you. Oh, and not long after that, the invention of the automobile changed the American way of life. Young couples weren't confined to sitting in the parlor making goo-goo eyes at each other. They could don their linen dusters and chug along the open road. Now, I'm, a, I'm now a gay blade, let's say, during the early automobile years, and I've come to call on you. Say, Miss Judy, look out the window. Gee, Willikers, you got an automobile. Yeah. Didn't you hear the noise when I was coming down the street? Yeah, but I thought it was Dad's home brew blowing up again. 
Isn't my new automobile a cat's pajamas? Oh, it's a bee's knees. Hey. <laughs> Gee, Harry, it'll be such a thrill to take a drive in your new machine. Say, won't you feel strange being out without a chaperone? <laughs> Oh, don't be so old-fashioned. A chaperone went out with the horse. Well, I'm glad she finally found someone to go out with. <laughs> oh, Harry, you're a car. Oh, I'm the whole deck rowdy down. <laughs> well, come on, Judy. Where are we going? I thought we might take a ride up to Inspiration Point. Inspiration Point? That's for spooners. I know, Judy, but I wanted to be alone with you. I have a very important question to ask. Question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you have the right answer, you'll own half of this car. Oh, Harry, what's the question? Have you got $600? Come away with me, Lucille, in my merry Oldsmobile. Down the road of life we'll fly, automobubbling you and I. And to the church we'll swiftly steal, then our wedding bells will peal. You can go as far as you like with me in my merry Oldsmobile. If you want to see a car that's really full of sex appeal If you please Come out riding in my jazzy snazzy Oldsmobile Oh, you kid And if I should steal a kiss, please tell me that you won't be flustered Don't get too big for your goggles and your linen duster busters On the menu of romance, you are my very favorite course Oh, skidoo, with that corny line of yours, you really ought to get a horse No, it's true, how'd you like this pretty wedding ring? Well, now, that's a very different thing In my merry Oldsmobile What a happy pair without a single care Merry Oldsmobile What a grand machine the double peachy keen Mary Oldsmobile Yes, sir <laughs> Automobile really stepped up romance in the good old USA But on rainy days Ah, rainy days ardent young lovers Didn't want to waste all afternoon Snapping side curtains on the car So they hide themselves back to the parlor uh, this was Irving Berlin's suggestion. Call me up some rainy afternoon. I'll arrange for a quiet little spoon. Think of all the joy and bliss. We can hug and we can talk about the weather. We can have a quiet little talk. I will see that my mother takes a walk. Mum's the word when we meet. Be a mace and don't repeat. Angel eyes, are you wise? A goodbye! Judy, why don't we move along to about 1930? There'd been a crash in 1929, and romantic couples, most of them couldn't afford cars. So the good old-fashioned custom of sweethearts strolling hand-in-hand hand came back into style. Oh, gee, Judy, we sure had a good time at the dance, didn't we? Yeah. I don't mind my car being at Hawk. I think it's kind of fun walking home like this, don't you? Yeah, but I'm glad it's dark. I wouldn't want people to see me carrying you. <laughs> well, I'm all tired out from dancing. <laughs> Remember the first time we ever walked home from a dance together? Yeah, I kissed you and you slapped my face I had to, to bring you two <laughs> Those were the days I want to tell you something, Judy Oh, gee, but it's great after being out late 
walking my baby back home. Arm and arm over meadow and farm, walking my baby back home. We go along harmonizing a song. I'm reciting a poem. Owls go by and they give me the eye, walking my baby back home. We stop for a while. She gives me a smile. I snuggle my head to his chest. We start into pet. That's when I guess her very best talcum all over my vest. After I kind of straighten my tie, I have to borrow his comb. One kiss, then we continue again, walking my baby. Walking my baby, walking my baby back home. Ah, Judith, that was beautiful. Bing, don't you think we ought to do a scene now, how to, you know, showing present-day couples and how they behave on a date? I'm game. Okay. Of course, I may have to have a shot of hat a call to pull through it. But <laughs> I'll give it a whirl. <laughs> oh, come on, come on. You, I don't know. Yeah, I come think... on, you can do it. I... Now, you're a modern boy. Yeah. You phoned me and asked me to go to the movies, and you've come to pick me up. Okay. Hi, babe. Let's limber up the lipstick, huh? <laughs> oh, clutch me, Cross. <laughs> what do we do now? Well, let's either see a movie or do that again. Well, let's go to a drive-in movie. We could do both. <laughs> see what's playing tonight. Here's Born Yesterday. That's a good one. And here's Mr. Music. Oh, we saw that. At least 20 times. <clears throat> here's a new one, Valentino. Oh, that's about the loves of Rudolph Valentino. You think it'll be too much for you? Mm, not if I don't gulp my popcorn. <laughs> well, come on, Judy. Here we go. We'll go to the movies. We can't go to the movies. You haven't got a car. I haven't got a car. Well, look out the window there. I've got a brand new unpaid-for Oldsmobile. What do you think of it, Judy? I'll tell you. It's hydromatic, just like you. What do you mean? Why, the car is shiftless, too. There's no clutch. Well, what about me? Ah, when I park, both hands will be free. And not for long. What a body. It's all streamlined. Thank you. With a little spare tire behind. You we go hand in glove down the road of love in my merry Oldsmo. L O V E. In my merry Oldsmo. O U Q T. In our merry Oldsmo. Thank you, honey. Say, what if we, before we forsake these old tunes, how about you doing one by yourself, hmm? All right, Bing. How about You Made Me Love You? Oh, my very favorite. That's okay. the one I wanted to hear you say. do it. I didn't want to do it. You made me want you. 
time you knew it, I guess you always knew it. You made me happy sometimes. You made me glad. But there were times, dear, you made me feel so bad. You made me cry, cause I didn't want to tell you. I didn't want to tell you. I think you're grand. That's true, yes I do, deed I do, you know I do. I can't tell you what I'm feeling. The very mention of your name sends my heart reeling. You know you made me love you. tell you I didn't want to tell you I need some love that's true yes I do deed I do you know I do give me give me give me give me what I cry for you know you've got a brand of kisses that I die for you Certainly fine, Judy. Oh, thank you, Bing. What do we do now? Judy comes now the happy moment when I sell some Chesterfields. That's funny. I was on Bob Hope's program last week. He was selling Chesterfields, too. Kid copies everything I do. (laughs) But, you know, I I enjoyed working with Bob. He has poison personality. Mm -hmm. That's right. He's a real poison personality. (laughs) (laughs) I I, know. I don't want to talk to that. We're both working for Chesterfield. We're both brothers under the cellophane. Yeah, well, here's your cigarette tray, boy. Get to selling. All right, folks. We'd like to remind all of you what Chesterfield has for you. Mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste. Now, here's how to prove that. First, make our mildness test. Buy a pack of Chesterfields. Open them. Enjoy that mild, mellow aroma. Compare it, and you'll find Chesterfields are milder. As tobacco growers have been saying for years, tobaccos that smell milder smoke milder. You light up a Chesterfield, and you'll see how true that is. Chesterfield smoke milder. And with that milder smoke from Chesterfields, you get no unpleasant aftertaste. That fact has been confirmed by the country's first and only cigarette taste panel. Those are the reasons that you'll want to smoke Chesterfield. They're milder, and it's the only cigarette that has, for you, mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste. Put to music, it sounds like this. Chesterfield, Chesterfield always takes first place. That milder, mild tobacco never leaves an aftertaste. Oh, open a pack and give them a smell. Then you'll smoke them. 
May the good Lord bless and keep you Whether near or far away May you find that long-awaited golden day today May your troubles all be small ones And your fortune ten times ten May the good Lord bless and keep you Till we meet again May you walk with sunlight shining And a bluebird in every tree May there be a silver lining Back of every cloud you see Lord bless and keep you till we meet again. May the good Lord bless and keep you till we meet till we meet again. Thanks now to Judy Garland for joining us this evening. It was a lot of fun, Bing. Who's and going to be with you next week? Next week, Judy, Miss Dorothy Kirsten, the Metropolitan Opera star, if you don't mind, will Ooh. be our guest. Well, I hope you'll put on a necktie. <laughs> don't be silly. I'm going to put on a necktie, a shirt, I'm going to carry a spear and wear a stomacher. <laughs> wow. What's a stomacher? Did I say so? It's a dictiera, isn't it, around your belly? <laughs> Nothing wrong with stomach here. <laughs> Thanks again, Judy. We'll see you soon. All right, good night, babe. Good night, folks. See you next week for Chesterfield, the best cigarette for you to smoke. The Bing Crosby Show, presented by Chesterfield, was produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow and Murdo McKenzie. Tune in next week and hear Bing and his guest, Miss Dorothy Kirsten. And remember, folks, this is Boy Scout Week, so let's all join the Boy Scouts of America in celebrating their 41st anniversary. (laughs) 